This is the Ballers on Tap podcast. My name is Evan Kelly, and I'm here with my co-host. KK, what it is, what it do, what it ain't. That's Mr. AJ Keiko Williams. For those of you who don't know, well, now you know. So I'd like to welcome everybody to our first podcast. This is our debut. Um, hopefully, it's the first of many to come. Oh, yeah. And not our last. So <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so just wanted to... Uh, Kind of let everybody know what we're trying to do with this show. Um, so with the Ballers on Tap podcast, we're looking to just kind of give you our honest takes. We're both big sports fans, have Huge. played sports. Um, so we've been, you know, we watch the shows every week. We listen to the shows every week. And then we kind of thought, you know, why not us? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been wanting to do this for a while. And it was just one of those things. Let's do it, man. I mean, there's nothing stopping us. Let's do it. So that's what we're coming at you with. We're going to try to do a weekly podcast maybe about an hour long kind of make everything short and concise kind of straight to the point but of course this is the ballers on tap podcast so you know we got to open up every show where we're going to review a beer so we're going to try a new beer that we've never had before and let you guys know what we think and of course we welcome any suggestions so like us on Twitter, start following us, comment, let us know what beers to try. You can also come to our website, ballersontap.com. That's www.ballersontap.com. And we definitely want this to be interactive. So if you guys have a beer you want us to try, I mean, shoot it to us, man. We're, we're not going to turn it down at all. I mean, we're always down for a good beer. Exactly. We're, we're going to get whatever you guys tell us to and uh, give you our honest opinion, just like we're looking to do with the sports. So wanna kinda of set it up here for our inaugural podcast. Mr. KK picked up something a lot of you've probably had before, but uh I'm kinda of disappointed I found out a secret <laughs> about AJ today. Yeah, it turns out um so what we have today is a sweetwater IPA. And um I have never had anything sweetwater. Yeah, born and raised in Atlanta, never had anything sweetwater. Yeah, so Anywhere else in the country, it might not be as big, but but here in Georgia, especially yeah, it, Sweetwater is the Atlanta Brewing Company. Exactly, and uh, I've had lots of Sweetwaters, lots of variety packs. So I'm really disappointed to find out uh, KK is a Sweetwater virgin. But today we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pop that cap and oh, uh, yeah. try these out. So here we go. We're gonna open up this beer. I'm kind of excited. There you go, Mr. KK. Let me uh, let's, let's see what, how this is. Get a little taste of this. Yeah, that's an IPA. <laughs> so that's definitely an IPA. Initial thoughts. I mean, it tastes good. I mean, I've had my fair share of IPAs, and it tastes like one. <laughs> it's very hoppy. Um. But it does taste good. Six point three percent alcohol. I'm all down for that. So have a couple of these. You'll be you'll be feeling good for oh, yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of Sweetwater's thing. You get a Sweetwater IPA. It's gonna taste like a strong IPA. Yeah, and that's how I mean, it is with with yeah, all. It of does taste good. Yeah. I'm about three sips in. Yeah, it's, it's, it tastes good. Everybody, he's been asleep on Sweetwater. <laughs> I have I have been sleep. I'm woke. This Hashtag the, uh, stay woke. Yeah, this, this is Mister Miller Light right here. So to introduce them to some sweet water, it's been a long time coming. Oh yeah. So okay, so there's our our beer review. Just kind of again, we're not going into the details and 
chemistry of the beer was kind of, again, honest take. It's good. It's a strong IPA, uh, good alcohol volume. So we're always big fans of that. And shout out, if you ever have any time, check out the Sweetwater Brewery. That's one of my favorite things to do here in Atlanta as well. So, Oh, yeah. By the way, small thing. Um, I graduated college in 2014, a year after my co-host here. And he told me, he's like, hey, yeah, your graduation present. I was going to take you on a tour of Sweetwater. It's 2018. I've never <laughs> been. <laughs> never been. Yeah. But but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. That was, that was some procrastination right there. <laughs> so basically. Life got in the way. What he's saying is I owe him a trip to the brewery. I got you. No, <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. All right. So, so moving on into the sports. Let's break it down. Uh, since it's still new and fresh. Monday night, we all got to witness the NCAA basketball championship, Villanova in Michigan. What do you think about it? As far as the game, it's not that great if you just watch the game. But having DiVercenzo go off for Villanova, it made it a lot more entertaining. I mean, you look at the ratings from the game, it's one of the lowest championship games. Um, because I think a lot of people knew, like I knew, I don't think it was going to be close, and for sure it wasn't. Villanova is so high-powered on offense. Um, Michigan has a very strong defense, but they just couldn't score. I mean, they just didn't have the offense. Yeah, I mean, Nova looked, and I mean, I hate to kind of, this sounds like a cheesy analogy, but Nova kind of looked like the Warriors oh, yeah. of college. I mean, they were just every jacking single up per, shots. Every single person shooting a three. Yeah, they're jacking up shots. Even when they shut somebody down, you had the, the player of the year. He really didn't contribute a whole lot yeah i mean yeah one stretch in the second half he sat for seven minutes and because they did really didn't they didn't need him i mean they just had it yeah they were hitting it hitting every well not everybody was hitting everything but diversenzo he was hitting everything and if you're if you actually watch the game it, it looked like a different story especially the first half i mean again just what i was watching early on michigan was taking it into the paint I mean, they they were actually killing Villanova inside early yeah, on. Mo, Mo Wagner, he he went off. He really did. He, he had eleven points right I was out watching the gate. it. Yeah, he, yeah. He was four for four at one point. He looked unstoppable. Doesn't matter who they had on him, and he was just a grown man among boys in that paint. So yeah, eleven points, four for four at the half. Well, then he only finished with sixteen points. So yeah. Villanova definitely made some adjustments at halftime. They shut down and, the one guy that was doing something to him. Yeah. And went from there. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it comes uh, with some adjustments, adjustments, but also I think Nova started hitting those shots. And, I mean, they're young players. This is a, um, They're young players in college. So you start getting down 10, 11, 12 points, you're not even thinking, man, we got to go down low. I mean, you're you're thinking, dude, we got to start shooting some threes, and Michigan couldn't. Oh, yeah, and that and that's what it was. That that first half, Nova was only one for eight in those first ten minutes. Yeah. So that's why Michigan was able to come down, beat him in the paint. Nova goes down, tries what they usually do, which is shoot from the outside. And it's like they say, you live by the three, you die by the three. Oh, yeah. And that first half, they were dying by the three when it's not going in. But made, they definitely made some adjustments at halftime, came out, and all of a sudden – like you said, DiVincenzo just started going off, but it wasn't just shooting. He was taking it. To yeah. The, and see, that's the thing that I was surprised basket. too. Like, yeah, you have these spot up shooters now, mainly because of Steph Curry, where you pull up anywhere and hit. Um, but no, he was taking it to the hole. Um, he was moving without the ball. I mean, he was, 
he did not look like a, a sophomore. And that's I, for sure. And I do. I said he went off the second half. He went off that first half too. He was really he scored eighteen in the final twelve minutes of the half. So I mean, he really got Nova back into it going into halftime, and then coming out, it, it's like he never stopped. Yeah, and that was um, towards the end of the first half. That was because Michigan was scoreless the last three minutes. Yeah, and you just cannot do that with this high-powered offense. Um, and then start of the second half. I mean, Divincenzo, he kind of just started where he, where he left off. I was kind of curious to see how that would go. I mean, because you have players go off in the first half, Mo Wagner, and then mm-hmm. the second half, you're just quiet. But no, he continued it, and I could credit Dre, Jay Wright for realizing because he he's a six man, by the way, like yeah. he's not even a starter, but he was subbed in at the ninth, like one minute into the second half because so he he's knew, like, like he's let's like, get him in there, White Jamal Crawford right there <laughs> coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But um, and really the the dis- only disappointing thing about this game was there was no surprise to it um i mean yeah and that's both, what i think we both got a lot of people yeah. kind of like eh. we both predicted nova to win by double digits which they did i mean they led the nation in points per game and they're the first team to do it since north carolina so there was no surprises there nova ran away with it in the second half i think michigan could only bang it inside for so long until again nova shut down wagner and that was kind of all she wrote. Um, at one point, they got up by 20, and me and probably the rest of the country kind of lost interest, unless you're a Villanova fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another thing that helped them pull away in the second half, I think um, Bridges stepped up as well. I mean, and the thing was, I was wait- you're waiting for the run. I mean, basketball is a game of runs. You're waiting on the run, and Michigan would start making these runs. They'll get it to 11-12. But then Villanova comes down, Bridges hits a three, Divercenzo hits a three. It's almost, it's a shot to the heart, really. I mean, you're like, man, we're doing all this work. We get it down 11-12, striking distance, and then dagger. So, yeah. And I, I will say, I think we've been spoiled. I mean, this was the first double-digit win since 2009. Um, I think we have been spoiled the last few years. There's been some really great championship games. Oh, yeah, of- especially two years ago, man, with, with Nova in North Carolina. I remember watching that game. I didn't have a dog in the fight, but I jumped out of my chair when Chris Jenkins hit that shot. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, I thought an interesting tidbit of it, because, you know, Eagles won the uh, Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and Villanova is in Philadelphia, and this is the first time to have a Super Bowl champ and a national champ in the same city. So Philadelphia can can finally stop all that underdog stuff. Yeah. I mean, so now Philadelphia's th- had it pretty nice here yeah. this year. I don't want to hear anything. For at least the rest of my lifetime, because you know I'm still waiting on on some for me. So <laughs> Philadelphia, come on Atlanta, yeah Philadelphia, y'all are good. I don't want to hear anymore. Stick to your cheesesteaks. They can they can stay excited. Sixers are in the playoffs. Sixers in the playoffs. And I would Eagles, tell y'all now they Eagles I mean, are going strong next year. So Philadelphia, y'all y'all got it made for a little bit. Enjoy it. Trust the process, as they say. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So next up, let's move on to uh, MLB. We definitely want to touch on on baseball. It was opening week. Other than football season, I can't say there's anything better than time change, weather starts changing, and all of a sudden everybody's going to the baseball games. It's, it's spring. Pastime. It's spring. Like <laughs> spring and MLB go hand in hand. So we're definitely going to touch on a couple of things here for you. Let's open up just because it's the most interesting right now. 
There's been a lot of hype. Let's touch on huge hype. Shohei Otani. I might be saying that wrong. Shohei. 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 I don't know. He he show is balling. Yeah. That's what I know. He's showtime. So so let's talk about it. So Shohei Otani. Let me hear what you got. Well, I mean, he made a big splash. He was the biggest deal uh, in the free agency as far as popularity. I mean, he's 23 hybrid player. I mean, he plays both ways, which is just you can't even think about these days. Um, when you get the older you get, you start to specialize as a baseball player. These coaches put you in where they think or where you want to be. Um, he signed a six-year, $200 million deal with the Angels. Um, and during, he's a pitcher and outfielder. Um, so during spring training, there was a lot of talk like, man, this kid isn't ready. He struggled at the plate. He struggled, definitely struggled on the mound. Um, but as an organization, man, that's your – he's not your face. Mike Trout is your face of your franchise. But you just made all that – big deal of signing this guy in the off season, you cannot send him down to AAA after spring. You got to keep him up. So they kept him up. And on Sunday, April 1st, he got his first career win. He pitched really well. Three hits, three runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. Um, I was actually really surprised. He did really good. Um, and on opening day, he started at the DH, recording his first career hit, which is – pretty cool so do you think he can keep up as a two-way player for the whole season for the whole season though they probably will keep him there um but as far as a career goes we'll see how his career does go what which starts to excel which i think he will be a better hitter um well he he just hit his first home yeah he just hit his first home run um but as the long haul as your career goes on i think he'll focus more on a hitter um, because I think he is better at the plate. So I you mean, see, that's his strength is yeah. with the bat, mm-hmm. and that that's where he's gonna be. They're not gonna. I mean, he has a triple digit fastball, but I'm about to say, history you, you, history you think has they'll shown keep him as pitching. You think they'll keep him as a pitcher for kind of career wise? No, I think he's gonna be a hitter. I okay. mean, I I think he'll rotate in that. I mean, history has shown um, international players as far as pitchers that have played in their minor leagues in their country or major leagues in their country. Um, the pitching doesn't transfer as well as the hitting. I mean, you look, you look at Ichiro, he really opened up that door and he's one of the greatest hitters of all time in MLB and in uh, Japan. I mean, and he's still playing. He's like 43 years old. Touching on, touching on Japan and the, the whole international baseball. I did see a funny story. So he, um, Otani just hit his first home run. I don't know if you saw the celebration or not. He goes in the dugout. Everybody ignores him. Everybody comes in. So I did see something online where somebody said on the Japanese news, because again, baseball is king over there. It's a big deal when somebody Mm -hmm. goes and transfers up to the Did they take it the wrong way? So no, (laughs) here's what's awesome. So the news, the Japanese news actually made a comment to tell the public of the tradition of oh, that. Okay. Of, yeah, I can hey, definitely see here's that. Here's a common celebration of they ignore him and yeah. then they all act happy because if you see it, Otani has to go up to one of his teammates and starts rubbing them on the shoulders and like he gets excited and then everybody gets excited. The Japanese news came out and said 
the American players are not shunning him. We're not, <laughs> we're not like sliding it him. Could, it could definitely look like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And especially if you're not familiar with the tradition. So I thought that was just a kind of a funny international tidbit of, Hey, here's their, here's the Americans tradition. This is just kind of what they do. Do not take it in offense. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he's not, the, he's definitely not the only person who's ever got that. Oh, I mean, I see it all the time. Oh no. So, all right. So let's move on. Um, Again, this is not a necessarily a local podcast, but I mean, we are here in Atlanta. Let's touch on the we, Braves a little bit. Just, I mean, we definitely have a some interest in the Braves. Um, the first thing I want to touch on, your boy Snicker, he got, <laughs> he got ejected twice in yeah, three in days the, in the first series. But one of them is a little controversial. I want to hear what you think about it. I definitely have my own thoughts about it. Um, but the ejection for the time delay. Okay. So let's go. Um, as far as I don't know if some of you've heard, but every single team, mainly led by the Dodgers last year, are using these saber metrics, and it's pretty much these very very advanced stats on every player, their strengths, their weaknesses, and so on and so forth. So um, the opening series, the F- Philadelphia Phillies and Atlanta Braves, it was this past weekend. Gabe Kapler, the new. Um, coach for the Phillies um, watching the series he makes tons of moves um, and he's going strictly by the metrics and he said before the season his bullpen is his strength of the team so they're going to use that um, he used 21 pitchers in three games in the opening series more specifically it was 21 pitchers across 28 innings yeah that with, is that's it's crazy crazy yeah <laughs> and um, so opening day the Phillies are playing the Braves. His starting start of the rotation guy, Aaron Nola, after 68 pitches on opening day, he's dealing now. Um, he pulls him. So you start to question, like, why is he pulling this guy? He only has 68 pitches. So what, what the deal is, the metrics say that Aaron Nola struggles the third time through the batting order. So he pulls him after Hold only on. 68 pitches. Real quickly, let me just uh, get the second. Sweet water going right here. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the metrics say he struggles a third time through the order. So, Gabe Cathart pulls him, and guess who comes up the plate next? Freddie Freeman. He hits a two-run homer. So, now you start to look at if you keep him in there, does that really happen? So, you have to find – there's a fine line in between the metrics. Yes, it's, it's great. It's good for the sport, and there's going to be a lot of changes to the sport. But you have to look at you have these matrix in the like on your clipboard or whatever these managers have in the in the dugout. But you also have to watch the game and like look how it's going because the Braves could not do anything against Nola. And if any that really it brought the Braves back into the game and they won the game. They ended up winning the game. So come Saturday now, there's a new MLB timing rule because. They're losing interest in the sport. I mean, that's just how it is. It's if you're not an avid, if you didn't grow up playing baseball, didn't grow up watching it, and really enjoying the sport, it's a, it's tough to watch. And the, the numbers show that that older crowds they still enjoy baseball. Baseball is reliant on statistics. I mean, you got it's all about the numbers. Which again, I mean, that's how you get money ball. It's the most it's the most stat driven sport. Yeah. So you have a stat for every little thing, and it is a much slower pace. Of course, everybody loves going to games. It's fun, but let's be honest. When you're at the game, there are people on their phones. There's people kind of talking. 
you have you have to be a diehard baseball fan to really tune in for nine innings completely concentrated on the game. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm just saying, yeah, the, it, that's more of an older generation. The younger generation is definitely more towards the NBA, even soccer. Um, oh, yeah, because, soccer's making a because huge... Because they're, they're yeah. fast-paced game. Even though uh-huh. soccer... It's exciting. End, soccer can end in a tie. That's a lot of people's gripe. But there's movement the whole time. Yeah. Basketball, there's movement the whole time. Um, even football a little bit has its own issues with CTE and a little bit of pace of play. I mean, it is a little slower game. I mean, you have so much game time, and then when they look at it, there's only over three hours of a game. You only have so many minutes of actual yeah, I wanna football Yeah, I want to say it's like only like 15, 15 minutes. 15 to 20 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, of actual playing. So, so that goes off your point. Yes, baseball is a slower sport. They, and I'll give it to the commissioner, they're trying to kind of figure out how to get the younger generation in because yeah. a sport can die. I mean, again, baseball was America's pastime. Honestly, of course, everybody knows now it's it's football. It's football, but and, and then again, and, there's and NBA. There's the argument NBA is creeping take over up. that. Yeah. So okay, so back to the the rule, but just to let you know, yeah, there is a big push to to kind of speed the pace of play, right? Mm-hmm. So continue. Yeah. So one of the new M, the baseball timing rules is the relief pitcher has two minutes and five seconds to get to the mound to start to warm up when you call in a relief, and that is um, which I never knew. As far as local broadcasts, that's the amount, that's the time allotted for commercials is two minutes, five seconds, which I never knew. I always thought it was just kind of oh, shaking. Yeah. yeah it's it kind of interesting. Yeah. It's kind of just shake and go. So you have two, two minutes and five seconds. Well, Gabe Kapler goes to the mound. He calls on a pitcher who hasn't even warmed up in the bullpen yet. So you're already like, man, you're kind of scratching your head. So the commercial comes back. Um, I'm watching the broadcast on TV. It comes back from commercial and, um, this pitcher's warming up, and Brian Snicker, the Braves coach, is getting ejected. So you start to watch, and they start a timer. He gets called from the bullpen. The umpire has to go to the bullpen to get him to come out. So he gets to the mound. It's already past the two minutes and five seconds. So by rule, by the new rule, when that time expires, you're not allowed to get your warm-up pitches in. So, But Jerry Lane, the head umpire... He lets him warm up. So that's where Snicker had the problem. He gets ejected second time in two games, actually. The first two games, he got ejected. Yeah, two times in three games. Yeah. So it comes out, the MLB said that Jerry Lane handled it correctly, which I don't know why. Because if you're going to make these rules, you got to enforce them. And Jerry Lane's, uh, not complaint, but his, uh, his reason for letting him warm up is because he was afraid of injury. Which I do understand, but because you feel bad for the player, Hobie Milner was the one called in. You feel bad for the player getting pushed in there by the coach not paying attention or not planning this, and you just have to go out there with a cold arm. I mean, it's a panic move by the coach. Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, I I need to get somebody in here because, holy crap. My team's getting rocked. Well, here's the argument, okay? So, should the, the crew chief be allowed to make these kind of calls of is it his place to worry about injury but before let me hear your side of it i looked at it that is allowed it is part of the rule is that the crew chief is allowed to do it if they're worried about injury i think that is way too subjective i mean i get yeah you could say that for anything i want these guys to warm up and so there's no injury 
But do you think it's the crew chief's place to make a call like that? I mean, is, is the MLB just running in circles saying, okay, here's a rule, but also it's they're, subject they're, to be used. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, do you, do you I think definitely crew, understand where okay. the umpire is coming from, but if you're going to make these rules, you have to enforce them because nothing's going to change. So what the MLB, the MLB said, Jerry Lane handled it correctly. And the MLB said they're going to send a quotation strict letter to the Phillies organization. A warning. Yeah, pretty much saying you need to do better. Um, it was actually quite embarrassing of all the moves and like that whole situation of Gabe Kapler. Um, granted, this is his first three games as a MLB manager, so hopefully he gets better. I mean, as a Braves fan, I hope he stays the same and gets worse. Um, but we'll just have to see. I mean, I do like the the new timing rules that MLB is trying to enforce because they're trying to get to that younger crowd, which is which it is hard. But I mean, because right now, as far as um, almost you do, you still have young, not young kids, but the twenties, the thirties, you still have them going to the baseball games, but it's more of a social event. Exactly. You're going to hang out at the, the new bars there. Exactly. And, um, it's not and just the a next thing you know, the, ball, the game's over and you're like, yeah. okay. Exactly. So, so and, and that's my problem is the MLB is trying to speed up the pace of play. They set these new rules, but they give these exceptions. And again, I get it. The crew chief, is worried about injury, but that should be on the manager's part. That that should be on the manager's mind. He's the one. Yeah, it, he's I mean, the one. It's definitely the. Uh, it's his Gabe strategy. To me, the crew chief should not be worried about injury. You don't see in any other sport. A uh, uh, NFL referee is not saying, "Well, hey, that backup quarterback's been sitting on the bench for thirty minutes. They're not allowed to come in. Yeah. They might pull a hammy." Uh-huh. Or NBA refs aren't saying oh you're bringing in your 10th guy off the bench he's not allowed to come in yeah um he he's not warm at all his his achilles might strain that is on the coach the the medics for the team i get the rule and i get the mlb saying oh to help prevent injury the the crew chief can say this but to me that's not their place that's a slippery slope that and i, I know i sound so bad here because nobody wants anybody to get injured. Oh, definitely but, not. But if MLB really wants to kind of start the process of getting that newer generation, you have to make a rule and really stick to it. And for it to kind of fall apart opening week, I think that's the bad look. Yeah. Is, is this probably one the, the first time this rule is going in place and somebody's arguing it and he gets thrown out the game? And then the MLB gives the the crew chief a pat on the back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see as far as as the season goes on because we all know MLB season is really long. Yeah, I mean, 162 games, which I think that's something they should look at as far as trying to get people. um, They'll never change that because then all the stats. It's America's pastime. Well, well, the stats are all based off. It's such a stat-driven sport. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, all your records are based off of so many games. You you shorten that, then all of a sudden – a lot of those records, a lot of those stats aren't as meaningful. Yeah. So, well, let's move on. Um, Let's just touch on, so Snicker got thrown out. We talked about the rule. Let's just talk about kind of the the standings of what you're predicting is going to happen in the NL East, maybe what the Braves have coming up, but also, I mean, Washington, NL Central, NL West. Let's just kind of touch on MLB as a whole, it's early. We're not going to go into too much detail. Yeah, I mean, it's super early. I mean, the Braves look great right now, but, I mean, you know how that goes. It's such a long season. I mean, so the Braves have a, a big-time prospect there. They're pulling up. 
coming up here in about a week. April 13th. April 13th. Um, ranked number two of top 100 prospects. It was also MLB Pipeline's hitter of the year last year as well. So, I mean, from what what I've heard, I mean, I've never, I haven't seen him play for what a, yeah, I mean, for what I've heard, Acuna is the real deal. I mean, you've heard that from Chipper. You've heard that from Freddie. Um, I'm excited to see. I mean, April 13th is the day everybody's assuming he'll be caught up. That's when the arbitration will wear off where they'll get another year. Um, but as far as just around the league, I just kind of want to warm by the early weekend rankings pretty much. Um, American, American League East, you have – Red Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees, Orioles, and then the Rays. Rays are totally rebuilding. They'll probably they might have one of the worst records in the league this year. Um, American League Central, the White Sox and Twins and Indians are all tied. Then you got the Royals and the Tigers. Um, as far as a favorite in that division, I would say the Indians. Um, they had a strong team last year. They bring a lot of it oh, back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, American League West, you have the Astros, which is my World Series favorite, and it's really not even close. Then the Mariners, Angels, A's with Show High, Showtime, Show Hey, <laughs> and the Rangers, and then as and then you got the National League East, which our hometown Braves are in. Um, as of Tuesday, Braves are in first place, or as of Wednesday, Braves are in first place. They just beat Washington yeah. today yeah, on we, Wednesday, mm-hmm. April fourth. We yeah, we took two out of three from them. I mean, I still do think the Nats are the favorite. Braves aren't quite there yet. Um, I like to see. Ronald Acuna get up here, so get him some playing time. Um, that should help with uh, the Braves hitting, though, for sure. Oh yeah, it definitely will. And I and right now, I mean, they're hitting great. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'll get more in depth on the stats later. But and then you have the Marlins and the Phillies. Uh, Marlins Marlins are totally rebuilding. Um, they dumped their whole team this off season. Um, Derek Jeter, I'm not sure what they're doing, but uh, actually, I heard on the heard today. An interesting article I read. Um, it's kind of there's kind of conspiracy going. The first two teams that the Marlins have played this year are the Red Sox and the Cubs, which are, I guess you'd say, three biggest teams in the MLB oh, yeah. as far as popularity would be Yankees, Red Sox, and the Cubs. And so you play it's a home two home series, the Red Sox and the Cubs. You're it's almost like they're trying to generate interest into their club. So it's kind of a conspiracy. Well, that, they got that new stadium. They got a that they can't feel. Nobody's coming to. Yeah, anything. So it's kind of con, a conspiracy that Derek Jeter kind of got with the MLB. Is like, hey, help me out. Let me sell some tickets. It's opening day. Um, as far as the National League Central, the only team left undefeated right now, sitting at four and zero, is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you got the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and Reds. And then National League West, you got the D-backs, Rockies, Giants, Dodgers, and then the Padres. Um, I think I think it will be a repeat of the World Series from last year. It would be the Astros and Dodgers, and I'd take the Astros, and probably it might be a sweep. I have the Astros as well. I think they were so strong last year. Um, not much has changed. I think they're going to continue yeah. that into this season and win it all again. Yeah, I mean, I mean their roster is so strong, and they've, they've done it so well through the draft. Um, it's picture perfect of what you want to do as an organization. Um, you You still have Verlander from getting him from the trade last year that he helped you win the World Series and you still have him for this year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, baseball is – it really is unpredictable because there's so much things that go into it, so much injuries that can play out. Um, you don't wish that, but, 
I mean, these players are playing 162 games it's a, a year. It's a long season. It's a long season. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be fun. All right. So, real quickly before we move on, what have you seen from the Braves that's kind of going to get the city of Atlanta excited? What will get people interested into the Braves? What have you seen from them so far here after opening week and kind of what's going to transfer through the rest of the season? Uh, opening far as series and first couple of games, I've seen great hitting, but I do not think it will last. I know we want to hear that it will as far as a fan. I, I wish it would, but it's not. I don't think so. Um, the team's young, which is promising to keep the fans coming back. You have two players, Ryan Flaherty and Preston Tucker, that I really want to touch on. Preston Tucker's playing out of his mind right now. He's batting 479 with two home runs and eight RBIs. That's ridiculous. And he, yeah, that and ridiculous. he's filling in. He's pretty much the placeholder for Ronald Acuna before he comes up. So now you have you start to have this question like, man, when we call him up, because they're going to call him up, they're going to call Acuna up on April 13th or the day after 14th. So what do you do with him? Because he has a hot bat. If he still has that hot bat in a couple of weeks, you got to keep him in the lineup. So I think you move him over to right field. It's just like last year when Freeman got hurt, and then he's about yeah. to come back. And because you, you had Matt Adams going off, so you move Freeman to third, which they're just trying to keep a hot bat. And yeah, but I think you move Markakis to the bench, and I think you try to trade him, try to get. Um, I think he's. You're not really looking for much in return. Uh, you want to pretty much just make him happy. So maybe a, a contending team that needs the veteran help would take him. So you have Ryan Flaherty, who he's filling in for Johan Camargo, who's starts his rehab assignment tonight in Gwinnett. Ryan Flaherty's playing great too. I mean, he has a great batting average. He's driving in runs. So they have a, they're in a predicament. You have these two role players that are pretty much just placeholders, but they're playing great. So, he get Brian Snicker gets paid the big bucks to make these moves, and Alex Anthopoulos, the new GM, they get paid these this these big bucks to make these decisions. Because I'm glad I don't have to. But yeah, just some quick little tidbits that I've seen so far. Dansby's swinging a better bat than last year, which I really hope he does. Ozzy Osby's is starting off a little slow, but I think he'll get it together. This team will lack power, but it continues to show grit and do the little things to win. Get them on, get them over, get them in. That's really what you need from this team. They're going to lack power. Freddie Freeman probably hit about 30 home runs, but that's pretty much it. Um, Out of the first three games, they led the majors in average with 325. They led the majors in runs scored, RBIs, and they're hitting 484 with men on base, which is absolutely ridiculous, and it's not something you would expect. Uh, I want to see the pitching step up. Julio Tehran, boy, he had a rough rough outing Tuesday night. He disappointed against... Yeah, against he, the Nationals, he definitely yeah, did. He he couldn't make it out of three innings. I mean, you're the Braves scored eight runs and they had to pull him in three innings. I mean, he he just couldn't do it. Uh, he gave up three runs in the first inning, which that can happen, especially against the Nationals with that high powered offense. And I mean, high high powered. He gave up three runs in the first, and then the Braves give you four, and then you give up a home run to the pitcher. I mean, come on, it's now it's tied four four, but. I mean, I really hope he steps it up for the sake of the rotation and the sake of the team and the, for the sake of me as being a Braves fan. But we'll see. I mean, I really like how this Braves team looks right now. I would love for it to continue, but I'm striving for a 500, 2, 3, 4 games above 500 team. And I think anything less than that would be a disappointment. 
I think it's definitely tough to, to kind of keep keep everybody interested. Yeah, after that run we had in the '90s and into the 2000s. I mean, this last couple of years has definitely been the whole rebuilding. It's hard. It's hard when your team's going you, through. You rebuilding. keep hearing about the farm system. Yeah, and, but how how long do you hear about the farm system? So it's kind of nice to hear. Okay, we actually have a top prospect getting called up here in about a week that can really maybe help turn this team around. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be. I think Freddie Freeman is the face of your franchise right now, but Acuna will be right there. I think it's kind of a. I mean, I'm not comparing these and players Freeman's to them. Freeman's almost still part of that old guard. I mean, he was, he was oh, yeah. kind of on the team with Chipper. And, yeah. And I mean, all those names. And Freeman's knew. not even 30 years old yet. Yeah. And that's that, the crazy thing. That's crazy. But I kind of feel like it could be like a Chipper, Andrew Jones kind of punch. Um, now, I'm not comparing them to them at all because <laughs> I don't think, especially Chipper, I don't think anybody would be as great as he was, especially in a Braves uniform. But, I mean, it's going to be fun to see. Uh, but, yeah, it is hard as a fan to you keep hearing about the the young talent, young talent, young talent. Like, our farm system is number one in America. So, but now we're starting to see these players. And call these players up. Let them get MLB experience. Because I think they're still one year away. I think next year the expectations will be really high, especially how we finish this season. So, next year is really would be the one if you finish 500 or don't make the playoffs would be a disappointment. So, in other words – Trust the process. Yeah, just trust the process, man. You can't ever go wrong with that. All right, so it is our hangover of the week. Hangover of the week. And just to kind of clue you in on what that is, this is our hangover. I have a headache. I'm sick. I'm wanting to lay in bed. We dehydrated. We need some Gatorade, Powerade. Exactly. This is what I am tired of hearing about this week. Pedialyte. This is the story I'm putting to rest and trying to get over this hangover. I don't want to hear about this story anymore. We're tired of it. I'm We're tired of it. Pass. So I'll open up my hangover of the week. Masters is this weekend. I keep hearing, and again, this is to just, I swear this is just for people to get clicks, to get views. I keep hearing about, oh, Tiger Woods is hitting good. Man, Tiger's looking good. Uh Uh-oh, what's Tiger going to do this weekend? My hangover of the week, or of the last few years, is hearing about how good Tiger (laughs) is looking. Okay? That's not to say. He's back, man. (laughs) Exactly. And and that just gave me a headache right there. That's not to say Tiger is still going to win some tournaments here and there. That's not to say he's just a completely amateur golfer. No, he's still got some talents of Tiger Woods. And there's no underestimating how influential he was in the sport. But the Tiger Woods of 2018 is never going to be the Tiger Woods that we saw back in the late 90s, early 2000s, winning tournaments, making other golfers scared. He's not on the course. He's not the tiger we're going to see pre uh scandal. Exactly. I guess you could say. After scandal, so you got after scandal, after back injuries, yeah, after surgeries. One like one thing after another. I feel like he's tried to play every single year since the scandal and it's been and there, oh, my knee, my back, something. There have been multiple tournaments he just walks out on. He he's my plays back. plays half around and something hurts and he leaves. I'm not here to downplay any injuries, but can we please stop 
talking about how good Tiger is looking. We can say we're excited to, oh, Tiger's coming. This is going to be fun just to at least watch. But let's I'm, stop ex- talking. I'm excited. It, it, it's exciting to watch. I've, I've seen Tiger play in person, and it was fun, and it's amazing. He's, he's rich. <laughs> but I don't want to hear about how good he's going to do or how how high he's going to finish. Okay, he's not the player he was. There's a new generation that is good enough and has the personality to keep people engaged. You got Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. You got kind of this new up and coming. I mean, heck, even Bubba Watson. Bubba, that's my boy. Bubba's that's my fun pick. to watch. That's my pick this year. <laughs> exactly. Go dogs. So, so again, not to downplay anybody saying they want to see Tiger play. Of course, we all want to see Tiger play. But don't tell me about how good he might do. Okay, I don't want to hear about how good he was on the practice range or in the practice rounds. Okay, I'm I'm done with it. I'm retiring the story. That has been my hangover of the last few years. He's never going to be the old Tiger. He's still a professional golfer, still better than any of us will ever be. But don't tell me about how, how great he's going to be this weekend. I'm done. Well, they say they're, he's hitting the ball great. How do you think he's going to do this weekend, though? <laughs> he'll, he'll finish middle of the pack or he'll leave because something hurts oh wow man that that's bold right there i i think he'll finish i don't know then again i mean he's saying he's hitting great but hell they're they're professional golfers i mean anybody can go hit great at the driving range do you think he's gonna make it to sunday yeah he'll make it to sunday he'll make it to sunday sounds good (laughs) He'll make he'll make it to Sunday. No, he might make it to Sunday, but he's not. When you're watching, he's not going to be up there on the leaderboard. Okay, he again, he's still great. It's we'll still see. Fun to I see. mean, I'll I'll be watching. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm retiring. Cancel, the story. Can't, I'm not going to cancel plans. But yeah, all right. It's, don't, it's don't, don't, don't come to me telling me how great Tiger's going to do this weekend. If you want to be honest, tell me you're excited to see him. I'll I'll say that's great, but don't tell me how good he's going to be. Okay. I'm done. Uh, yeah, I get that. I'm excited to see him. All right, so now I just want to let y'all know my hangover this week. You know, Kevin Durant, KD35, Sniper Jones35. He's my favorite player in Durantula. the league. Durantula. Durantula, the, the assassin, the sniper. Um, I'm tired of this hangover that I'm getting is KD being a nice guy. This guy is not nice. KD is not nice. Um, oh, yeah. One of the best. <laughs> one of the best players in the league, but he is not nice. He's third in the league in text behind his teammate Draymond and Dwight Howard, which Dwight Howard being thrown in there, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about him at Charlotte. But he's first in text. Yeah. There you I'm, go. Yeah, he, he's, le- he's leading the league again. But KD, let's talk about a play that happened last week. Um, he gets a tech. He gets ejected from the game. Uh, he During the play, he thought he got fouled. Mid-play... The other team's running down the court along with his teammates. He stops and goes, argues with the ref. He is not nice. He's not a cupcake. He is cutthroat now. So let's retire the story of him being nice and people freaking out when he does something. So he's arguing with the ref while the play is going on. I don't agree with it. I do not agree with it, but he is not nice. He's going to get text. He's a fiery guy. And I feel like this edge that he has with him now is because he won a championship last year. He knows how to do it. Granted, he had to join the Warriors, but still, he's one of the greatest players of all time already. He is not nice. So, so let's retire that story. He's I, a bad man, in I, the words of Stephen A. Smith. I agree with you, but I think it's for a different reason. You know, what's up? 
I think KD is just petty. He uh, this is the man who made fake Twitter accounts. Man, that ain't even true, man. To to come at people to defend himself, I think he really kind of puts on this act. I I don't agree. He's a nice guy because I've read some of the stuff he he's yelled at these refs, and it's not nice. I mean, it's not even about basketball. It's it's attacking these refs. So I fully agree with them teeing him up because if they don't throw a tech for the stuff he said then what do you throw a tech for? But I just think KD's kind of petty. Um, I, I still think he's one of the best players in the league. I think he's a, a monster on the court. Um, but, I mean, with him being the Slim Reaper, I mean, you know, even going all the way back to when he was drafted, he couldn't bench 185. That that's He's always been the definition of weak. Like, yeah. he was not this big, strong presence. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it comes from – I don't think he expected the way um, – the Oklahoma city fans reacted to when he left as far as him being a cupcake. Uh, and I think that really, it really hit him hard. I think, I think that's really the, the driving force of why this kind of edgy Kevin Durant and he is not nice. So let's just hang it up. All right. So we're retiring Kevin Durant. Is a nice guy. <laughs> We're retiring it, man. All, all this Kevin Durant talk, I want to talk NBA. Let's talk NBA. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's move into the NBA. Let's open up with the uh, the Eastern Conference standings. It's almost playoff time, man. It's an exciting time. It's coming up. Here we are. Um, the Eastern Conference is a little easier. Some of these teams are already locked in to where they're at. That you you kind of like it's more than a lot easier as it's, far as the West. E, e, the Eastern Conference, man. It's I don't know. It's like the it's the G League with the West. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but but let's go ahead. So the Eastern Conference as it stands right now, you got Tor- Toronto Raptors as first seed, mm-hmm. Boston, then Cleveland, then Philadelphia work their way up to the fourth. I seed. like that team. A lot of injuries though. And then going out from there, you got the Pacers, Miami, Blah. Washington, Blah. and Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. Milwaukee, uh, they haven't sewed up a spot yet. I really like that young team. It's not a team I would want to play in the playoffs. No, they're they're gonna. If anything, they're gonna give you a little challenge, make yeah. you tired for that next round for yeah. sure. I don't see them getting out of the first round. They might. They might at best win two games. They're definitely not not the easiest eight seed. That's for yeah. sure. So let's open up about Toronto Raptors. They have the number one seed in the East. I don't know who saw that coming. Um, how do you see them faring in the East? Well, I mean they've they've been a good uh, regular season team. So you look at them in the past years. Yeah, they have great regular season record, but when they get to the playoffs, they can't shoot. Lowry can't score, and it's just their bench is really weak. So you sub them in. Yeah, I you, mean, what are you gonna do? You look at their their starters. That's a very solid starting lineup. Yeah, they got, you got DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, two all-stars right there. Yeah. Valanchunas, very solid big man. Yeah. Right? You got CJ Miles, and then, of course, Serge Ibaka. So you have a Ibaka. very, I mean, that's a very solid starting five. Yeah, I mean, this sounds good, but in the playoffs, man, you got to have help everywhere. Yeah. And I know the rotation's shortened in the playoffs, but you still got to have some bench help. And, of course, um, they kind of suffer from that. Chris Paul curse where 
come playoff time, nobody really trusts DeRozan, Lowry, one two punch come playoffs. Yeah. Um they're they're both I can't make any sense of it. They're both great scorers, they're a great duo, but come playoff time, it's just it seems like they don't have whatever it takes. I mean, prove me wrong. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Raptors, prove me wrong, but I just don't see I it. mean, we we've been hearing about Toronto for the last few years. Oh, we the North and, and you got Drake on the sidelines. Cool. OVO Dad XO. It's <laughs> so cool. Show me something. Um, again, I don't think anybody would be mad if the Raptors went off and no, were able they, to, to no. solidify the Eastern Conference. Because it, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, but I don't see it happening. What about you? I don't. I mean, no. I really don't. If let's say it's a one and eight matchup, Raptors and Bucks, I can see the Bucks winning that. Um, I don't know if they win, but I think I think they definitely put up a fight. I could see the I could see it going six game series for sure and uh Antetokounmpo I mean you can't count out the Greek freak let's just say this Raptors aren't winning the East no they're not winning the East East. okay so let's move down then to Boston okay so right now Boston number two seed they be playing Washington I'm gonna go ahead and say Boston wins that series with or without Kyrie yeah but here's my thoughts on kind of big picture can Boston beat Toronto? But but really, are we talking about can Boston beat Cleveland? Well, see, that's the thing. When you talk about any of the Eastern playoff teams, can you beat Cleveland? Because, yeah, Cleveland's having an off year. The Cavs, eh, they're kind of struggling. It all goes through LeBron. It all It's all going to go through Cleveland. That, the Eastern Conference has gone through LeBron for the last 12 years. or So that that's nothing new. But Boston, if you look back at the season, they've lost to the Cavs twice, and they beat them once. Now, I will say one of the games they lost, it was that season opener where Gordon Hayward, who's the other all-star coming to the team, Broke his ankle. he he just, just shattered his leg. Okay, it, it's hard for a team to mentally come back from that. That was his first game with Boston, first game of the season, high emotions, high energy. You're not in the grind of the season yet, and you see your all-star go down it's hard to mentally come back and win that game. And it was still a close game. So I almost, I, I watched that. That 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 first, that season opener, I don't count those. I mean, the season everybody knows doesn't start until Christmas Day. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah you're exactly the, right. The Christmas once, Day games and Once football and on. season really wraps up, that's when it starts. Yeah. As far as football season, regular the regular season, that's when basketball really starts up. Exactly. So, so for all intents and purposes, we're going to say really they're about one and one for the season. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and say Boston has a chance that they're talking really about solid against Cleveland, right? Against Cleveland, okay. say that that's the matchup in the second round, assuming the top four seeds win, which it looks like they could. I, yeah, I, th- I think I think it will be. I think yeah, one through four will make it to the second round. Second round. So Boston has a chance. the The big question is how does Kyrie come back? Okay, Kyrie's out until the second round that that's pretty agreed upon by the, the Celtic staff that he, he's definitely going to miss the first round coming back second round. If he comes back at all. And then, you know, you sit for that long. How well does Kyrie come back from his injury? Now they have a very solid roster. If Kyrie comes back healthy with the addition of Al Horford with their young talent, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, Jason Tatum. I mean, they're all the, Really, the Cavs have set their team up for the future. If 
I mean, even next year, if Gordon Hayward comes back full strength, people got to be worried about the cat about the Celtics. Celtics. Excuse me. But as of this year, this round, Kyrie coming off an of injury, I I I never thought I would say this. I really would want to see Boston win that series. Which, oh my God, I cannot believe I just said I would yeah, want to he, see Boston he, win. He's an Atlanta Hawks guy. I hate Boston, but. I mean, yeah, I would love to see the Celtics win. I, I don't think they have it in them this year. Yeah, and then really just a, it's there's so much riding on how Kyrie comes back, and that really determines a, of how far they want to go is how Kyrie comes back. It really does. So, so again, we're gonna say okay, Cleveland is probably gonna take out Boston. So now we have Cleveland. What are your thoughts on them? LeBron and the Cavs are putting it together. They're my favorites in the East, which I'm sure they're everybody's favorites at the beginning of the year. Mid-year, I know a lot of people try to jump ship saying Celtics are great, Raptors are changing. Um, but and no, the Cavs they, were dysfunctional. Don't, don't oh yeah, don't I mean, discount I, all the people I'll be the saying first that. I tell you, man, they look terrible at, at some point. And they that, traded the, away the whole team. That was the most exciting trade deadline I've ever seen. I, I yeah, would, it I was would, update after update. I was listening to something at one point. And they say, this person got traded. And listen to something else. And they say, oh, this person got traded. And then, at, I, I kid you not, I was listening to something. And they thought Dwayne Wade trade was a joke. They started laughing when they announced it, thinking it was fake. And then they go, oh, oh no, they really traded away Dwayne Wade. So, yeah, the Cavs were dysfunctional. But you got to give it to them. They definitely seem to turn it around after the trade deadline. I mean, yeah, I mean, LeBron is just playing out of this world. I'm not a LeBron guy. I mean, I respect his greatness. I witnessed the greatness, as you would say. They're nine and one in the last ten. He's um, averaging twenty-seven points per game. It's mo- hits his most since oh nine oh ten when he was oh ten oh nine ten when he was with the Heat. He averaged seven boards and eight assists that season. This year he's having eight boards and nine assists this season. It's his highest assist average in his career, with I think probably his worst surrounding crew. Okay, so let let me just argue you right there. Real quick, you said this is probably his worst. Oh yeah! Career. By the way, he's averaging a triple double in his last twenty five games. Okay, so there's no arguing. LeBron is going off, and he I is. completely agree with you. And again, I'm not a LeBron fan, but I definitely respect the talent. LeBron's the best player in the league. He has been for a very long time. Yes, and this is proof right here. LeBron is leading the league in total points. He's not not points per game, but total points throughout the season. I mean, LeBron has been carrying this team on his shoulders, on his old Yeah, well, he has to old because shoulders. his team is so bad around him. <laughs> so, I will say this. I, I agree with you, but I got to argue you. This is not LeBron's worst team ever, okay? The team he has right now, you've got Kevin Love, all-star. J.R. Smith, a one-time but he, all-star. I mean, he's, he's trash now. So. Still, he's, he, <laughs> if you're a team, you still have to respect his shot. He can go uh, on. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, yeah, he can, he can go on a streak. He'll start shooting it from the bench. And exactly. He'll go in, so. George Hill, a very solid player. Okay, Kyle Korver, another very solid player. When he was one, in Atlanta. One of the best spot-up shooters in the, game. in the league. Okay. Larry Nance Jr. is nothing to – I mean, he's a solid role player. He is. And he can still, I like him. He can still rise up over you. I mean, he's had some nasty dunks. I, I like him and Jordan Clarkson when they got him from the Lakers. And Rodney Hood. Yeah, Rod, yeah Rodney Hood is scored too. Yeah. So, all those are, are kind of some recognizable names, all right? See, it's not about names, though. It's about skill of the game. But, okay, so let me just tell you real quick. Again, I'm not arguing that LeBron's going off. But this is not his worst team. 
that Cavs 06 and 07 team, LeBron took them all the way to the finals, which again, this is how long LeBron has been going off. Yeah, this was yeah. 11 years yeah, ago, it, and he was crazy. taking over. That roster then, the only two players that were decent were the big men, Ilgauskas and okay. Verzhal. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you had Daniel Marshall. Okay. Do you remember Daniel Marshall? <laughs> I'm just going to laugh about that. Okay, exactly. <laughs> I remember Daniel Marshall. Okay, you got Eric Snow, Drew Gooden. All I right. think Drew Gooden's still in the league. Daniel, and for those of you who remember, Booby Gibson. Booby. He was spot up three, but he's no Corver. Okay. <laughs> Nobody on that team averaged over 15 points a game. That means LeBron carried them. Kevin Love this season's at least averaging seventeen and a half points. I mean, I, so I feel he's got like some help. So LeBron carried that team through the East as he is now, but again, he had no help. They got swept by the Spurs. That yeah. that, that was in the Spurs' heyday with yeah. with Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. I mean, that's in their their heyday. They got swept, but either way, th- this team that this, was his first finals, wasn't it? That was his first yeah. finals. But this Cavs team is is way better than the 06 and 07. But it doesn't change the fact that, yes, LeBron is carrying them. He's going off. Um, even though they're the third seed, it is going to be really hard for anybody in the East to overcome playoff LeBron. And again, not a LeBron fan, but you got to respect him. Yeah, same here, he'll, man. You got to take you down. It. You got to respect it. Okay, so we kind of touched. We, both of our picks, we think the Cavs are coming out of the East, right? Cavs are coming out of the East. Okay. <clears throat> One throw up a wild card for you. Philadelphia 76ers, they're the fourth seed right now. Trust the process. Let, let's let say they beat the Pacers at the fifth seed. Which that, I, I think I think you can pretty much mark that in as down. I think so, as, too. Yeah. So that second round, you, you would have Philadelphia against Toronto. Do you see... Man, that's a good series. Do you see any way where the 76ers are making waves either... Beating Toronto and possibly going to an Eastern Conference Finals, which which is crazy to think about. It really is. You you think about like as far as franchises and all the major sports, as far as laughing stocks, you got Cleveland Browns and you got the Sixers. Or, or as far you, as recently, or do you at least see them taking them maybe to a, a seven game series, therefore making the Raptors very very tired for that Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, I think the Sixers can and probably will beat the Raptors. I mean, but it all depends. Now, Andaro Sarich, he's out with a bacterial infection in his shooting elbow. Yeah, Sarich is, is out. Um, he's, he's definitely their third best player. Yeah. He, he's probably been Simmons' favorite target, and, for sure. And Embiid is still out. In two weeks, he'll be evaluated. So He got that, that nasty orbital fr- fracture, and who, who knows? He might be like a Mask LeBron, he might, he might <laughs> that, get that, that surgery. Would, that would look good. He, he mean, might, he might put on that. He's definitely a personality. Put on that mask, and he might come back. He might be better than ever. Yeah, and I'm, if he got that black, that black carbon mask. Oh yeah, like Miami LeBron, <laughs> not the clear one, not not Rip Hamilton mask, the black mask. He got fined for that, didn't he? Because he did that. I don't. I think know. he did. He went off. I don't. Care. Yeah, I know. It was. Yeah. No, that was if if I'm not rich, I'm paying money to. I mean, I don't to care. ball yeah, on all these dudes. I don't care. I'll do whatever the heck I want. But I mean, you have Ben Simmons leading the team. I mean, he's got a, he's averaging 15, eight and eight. I mean, he's still a rookie. This is his first year too. I mean, granted, he was in the league last year, but he didn't play at all. So 
if this team gets healthy and you have Dario coming back and, and you still got JJ Reddick and you still got it, JJ Reddick on the solid. outside, which is somewhat of a surprise, not a surprise signing, but you look at during the off season, like, man, why'd you sign the Sixers? I mean, maybe he saw this greatness. Maybe he saw the potential that this team could do, or maybe that was the best offer that he could take. I don't think anybody expected him to be the number four seed in the East. Oh, heck no. I, I you, you, you expect him to be kind of where the Bucks position, like eight fighting for that. Eight. Or, yeah. You, you would, you would, Definitely expect Washington to be above them. Yeah, I would expected. I I would expected the Sixers at the four seed, Bucks at the eight seed to be flip flopped at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, do, again, so it goes back. Do you think the Seventy Sixers could take Toronto at least to seven? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think they could beat them. Like you're you're pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. I think they they could beat them, especially the way Toronto plays in the playoffs, which I, we've I, talked yeah. about. Yeah, I don't think they're stopping. Embiid and Simmons duo if they both if Embiid comes back healthy and there is something to say Simmons is a rookie is not used to playing the long NBA season I don't and know he, even does, longer, he doesn't seem like that type of player even longer going into the playoffs yeah though. he he seems very cool and calm and I mean, doesn't, te- get, doesn't get too high doesn't get too low technically I think the one thing that helps him he's a, technically a red shirt rookie you know yeah, he sat yeah. out I mean, all last yeah, year he said, "Yeah, so he he got to travel for the NBA season. He got to see what it, what goes into it. So I think that definitely helped him out. But oh yeah, I would definitely just say keep an eye out on the 76ers. They could be a dark horse. I don't think they're gonna win the East. I don't think they're gonna do anything too crazy. But there's a sliver of hope for those Philadelphia fans that they could take out Toronto in that second round, and, and it'd be great. It'd possibly be, great be in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, where they then get swept like my Hawks did a couple years ago, and then Philly cheers again." <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the Western Conference then. A little the more grade, complicated. The grade A, the premier. Uh, a little more more muddy than the Eastern Conference. So Western Conference right now, you have Houston, the number one seed. Um, I think that's a little bit of a surprise. I don't, I don't think anybody's shocked by it. Houston has... No, I think they I think they expected the Warriors Houston, to be... Houston has some firepower. I think everybody just assumed Warriors would be the first seed. I think they're at that point. You know, once you've been in high school or college, four years, you get to spring break that senior year. After that, you're in that senior slump. You don't care about what's going on. You're just looking forward to the graduation. I think the Warriors have gotten to that point. They're used <laughs> to the finals every year. They're I don't. Grind, I, they're, yeah, they're coasting. I, I don't think the 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 regular season is too important to the Warriors. They they want home court advantage for sure, um, but I don't think they're too worried about scoring on people in other people's buildings, other teams' buildings. So, I think the the more su- the big surprise is how well Chris Paul gelled in Houston. Oh yeah. Um, I'll oh, admit, yeah. I I got egg all over my face because. I did not think it was going to work. D'Antoni switched James Harden to point guard last year, and he had the best year of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, they then they what do they do? They bring in an All Star point guard. <laughs> so I thought James Harden would kind of either have somewhat of a diva attitude, or or maybe just not gel with a another I didn't top think point guard as well. And to everybody's surprise. Heck, they got Chris Paul throwing up threes like you're supposed to do in the Western Conference. They're playing well together. So Houston is now your number one seed in the West, followed by Golden State, Portland, then Utah, which Utah 
Yeah, they they. Oh, you got Spurs at the four. Yes, and the Thunder at the five. Well, Spurs. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I got I got Utah is at four, San Antonio is at five, Thunder are at six, but it's all within yeah, a game. Th- all, Thunder lost last night. Yeah, so the four, five, and six seed have all won forty five games. So that's it's changed. very it's very close. That's like and Thunder this, thund, the Thunder were in the. I mean, they flip flop. The seventh seed, the seventh seed is one forty four. Eight seed is one forty three. So all of these, really, the last four, five, six, seven, and eighteen, they matter. They're all within about a game of each other. Okay, so that for them, these last few games definitely matter. Try to get some kind of home court advantage. But let's just go off of what the standings are now. Mm-hmm. And of course, this could. We're recording this on Wednesday, April fourth. These these bottom half teams could change completely by Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By tonight if they have a game. Exactly. So let's just go Houston over New Orleans. I think that's easy. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is out. Yeah, I think that's pretty easy series. I mean... I think Pelicans might get a game. Pelicans might get a game, but Houston, again, I gotta give it to them. They've been firing on all cylinders. They're lining it up from the yeah. three... I mean, they're, they're str- sharing the ball. They're struggling a little bit, but Dan Tony say it's the rest affecting their rhythm. But I don't, I don't think anything of it. And then, so let's say second, let's say the number two seed, Golden State. They're going against Minnesota. That's obvious That's, win. I think Wolves at, at best get two games, if that. Yeah, if that. If that. <laughs> yeah, because go uh, playoff Warriors is whole lot of different. That, That's what I'm saying. They're in that Warriors. senior slump. They don't. It it's second semester for the senior warriors. Okay. They're, they're looking to graduation, which is the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not caring about right now. Now, Portland, Portland's a fun team. That'd Every, be a fun series. Everybody roots for, for Damian. I don't know anybody who doesn't like Damian Lillard. He's a good guy. He is a good player. He represents the NBA well, and he's the best rapper in the NBA. No <laughs> doubt. Better than your boy, KD. so i i still say i mean portland over okc that's a fun series because that's very fun that's probably the best series as far as the first round of the west playoff westbrook if he's sinking shots is deadly paul Mello and pg paul jordan i won't count Mello because he don't play defense don't sleep on Mello, man he's (laughs) an offense guy i'm sleep on Mello, (laughs) but paul george paul george is solid Steven Adams is solid. That's that's probably the most fun series right there. San Antonio and Utah, that's a that's a toss up as well. Yeah, um San Antonio with no Kawhi. Kawhi sitting out. He's no, not, I don't know what he's doing now. He might come to the Hawks. <laughs> fingers crossed. But no, no. Haw- Hawks are going after Clay Thompson, by the way. You heard it here first. Ballers on tap podcast. So anyway, let's just talk real quick. Let's talk about the Warriors. Steph is confirmed out for that first round. Yeah. Okay. Kerr, Steve Kerr came out and said Steph Curry is not playing that first round. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's only playing second round if that he'll he'll be reevaluated during the first round. But again, I don't think Golden State has anything to worry about from Minnesota. You still have Mister Mean Guy Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. Still got second in the league in texts Draymond Green. You still got Clay, Mister. I smoke weed every day, Clay. <laughs> Clay with a K, by the way. Yeah, Clay with a K. So I don't think there's anything to worry about from the Warriors. Um, 
And then they got, you know, their their best weapon, Zaza, Pachuya. I'm not even gonna go there to be honest. <laughs> Zaza, they just needed a big body. Hey, they could they could have went and bought us eight foot shelf, and he would have been all right. Hey, don't sleep on Zaza, man. That's my, that's our boy. You look, you got Zaza, and you got Javel McGee. <laughs> so anyway, Warriors got oh, it man. easy. Warriors got it easy first round, even without Steph. Now, Steph, and I think they know that too. They I, do. I think that's why they're not freaking I, out about. I, it. I think if they needed to, Steph could come yeah, back. I think so partway too. through the first round. I don't think Kerr wants him back in the first round because he saw his injuries this last half of the season have been one thing, and then he comes back and kind of tweaks that's another thing, thing yeah. and then tweaks. So it's I think scary. It's kind of scary. It is scary. It's kind of like rookie Steph, but I think they're trying to let him rest up, rest up, second round. Conference Finals Championship. That's what they're looking at. Okay. Now, again, Houston, easy first round against NO. I don't think anybody can stop Harden. Harden, he's in, I think he's MVP this season. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll win MVP. Man. I mean, LeBron's playing out of this world, but. It was I mean, too little too late. Yeah. Second it, half it, of the it, season. It's, the, it's, it's Harden's time. It's Harden's turn. Harden should have won it. I personally think he should have won it last year. He didn't. He was he was second place to, yeah. but Westbrook averaged that triple double. I mean, yeah, you can't. You so can, you, you can't like deny that. Like that was. I couldn't be mad about it. He I went mean, off. Yeah, no, nobody can argue that. Give it to him. This year is Harden's year. Harden's gonna be MVP again. Chris Paul, he's shooting threes. Trevor Ariza shooting threes. Houston has it going on right now. I think again they've slowed down a little bit here right at the end, but it's not end all be all going into the playoffs. I think they're they're mentally kind of checking out a little bit until the playoffs. So I think as soon as playoffs hit, first round's easy. I'm more worried if I'm Houston later into the playoffs just because you gotta look at reputation. And I hate to do this, but Harden last year definitely Came checked out <laughs> in his game seven. In his game seven, Harden checked out and went to the strip club right after the game. I mean, he, you look at that, he didn't even try in that last game, okay? Chris Paul, he's probably got the worst playoff reputation of the any superstar in the league, okay? Nobody trusts Chris Paul in the playoffs. And again, I hate to say this, but I, I almost trust kind of a banged-up Golden State over a full-health Houston who has not been in that position before. Yeah, I agree. I mean... So what you're saying is Western Conference Finals, who you got? Houston and Golden State? For Western Conference Finals, I, I think it's pretty easy. Houston and Golden State, they're the two. Now the Man, Western and that's gonna be a series. The Western Conference is not easy. Do not misinterpret oh, no. me. Yeah. But those two teams are just that much. Leaps better. and bounds above. Yeah. So Houston, Golden State, I think that's the Western Conference Finals. I'm really interested to see how Steph comes back, but Almost even without Steph, you still have three KD. all-stars. I still take Golden State over Houston. And, again, kind of like Toronto, Houston make me make me look dumb, make me wrong. But without that experience, I got to take the experience over you guys are hot this season. I agree. All right, so that's your Western Conference. All right, it's time for Last Call. So, again, this being our debut podcast, just wanted to let you know. So, our last call is something we necessarily didn't get a chance to get to this week. 
but we just have to get it off our chest. We got, we got to get it out. We got to. Got to. Wanted to cover it. Didn't really get the time. So this week, Keikoa, Mr. A.J. Williams, he's got something he wants to get off his chest. He's got something he's want to say. So this week's last call, I'm going to hand over to him. I got to get it off my chest, man. I, as some of you guys know, I follow soccer. Follow MLS. Go Atlanta United. That's my home team. We went to a game last year. It, it was, was great. It, it was, was rocking. Phenomenal. Our first soccer game, man, it's unbelievable. Great environment. If you ever get a chance to go, it's so much fun. Yeah, you got to. I follow international soccer. I follow Premier League. But I was watching the game this past weekend. Is They're calling it El Trafico. LAFC, the new expansion team in the MLS, against LA Galaxy, the premier one of the premier teams in the MLS, the one of the most known teams. Well, MLS last because, week. I'll say this. One of the most known, me as a casual soccer fan, because they got Beckham a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, they got Beckham. They made a big splash. and So, so they're kind of known for bringing over the big European player past yeah, his prime. The, the big name. They're and they, really they draw in a crowd off of that. Yeah. Well, last week, the LA Galaxy signed my boy, fellow man bun, wearer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And he if you play from, FIFA, you hate Ibrahimovic. <laughs> See, that's my boy. Ever since like FIFA 12. I've been rocking with Zlatan. Well, he made his debut last week for the Galaxy. First off, the Galaxy, they looked terrible in the first half. First 60 minutes, really. They're down 3-0 to an expansion team, which it's just it's unheard of, really. So, they're down 3-0. They bring in Ibrahimovic. Fancy, fancy with the nil, by the way. Yeah. I got to oh, yeah. give yeah, credit I, for that. I, I, I he gotta, switched into soccer mode, you guys. <laughs> I got I got to keep it professional. Or right he, as he says, football. <laughs> So it's 3-0. Zlatan comes in. LA Galaxy score a goal. Cool. It's 3-1. Galaxy score another goal. Hard as 3-2. Ibrahimovic kind of off the side. Just kind of getting his feel in the game. While the ball's about at midfield, LAFC turns it over. Galaxy hit a ball in the air. Zlatan gets it about... He's about 40 yards out from the goal. Off the volley now. So out of the air, he whips it from 40 yards out into the net. From 40 yards. Crowd goes crazy. I go crazy. I jump up and down. I'm grabbing everybody like, oh my God, look at what he just did. He rips off his shirt. He gets a yellow card for it because that's a yellow card, but it's worth it. Um, And it's just, it's electric. I mean, it's the MLS, but it's just crazy. And the crowd is just going absolutely bananas. And I saw and- it. The, the shot, you got to describe it. He was about 40 yards out. It wasn't a lob. I mean, it was... He has some power behind it. Oh yeah, but that he, thing he, that thing floated just above the goalie. I mean, it was a pretty forty-yard shot. Well, it you went, can, It was as line drives you could get from forty, but it had just enough air to go up over the goalie. Well, you can see it when he's looking and the ball's in the air. He kind of glances and see the goalie is out because the ball is on the other side of the field, so the goalie comes out a little bit. So he off the volley, man, he's whipping it. And he whips it, and it goes in, and it goes crazy. I'm going crazy. Twitter's blowing up. Everybody's blowing up. And so now it's it's 3-3. It's a tie game. So I'm like, man. So now a couple minutes later, it's in stoppage time now. It's the 91st minute. They're driving the ball on the left-hand side. Ibrahimovic, which this is he's known for. I was trying to tell some people I was watching it with. I was trying to tell them that – um. 
he's a big guy. He's 6'5". He's known for being physical in the box, and he gets up there and gets those headers. He's not the fastest guy, but he's physical, and that can go a long way in soccer. It can make up for the lack of speed that you have or lack of pace, as soccer people like to describe it. He's in the box. They hit a cross over to the box, and he's standing about two yards from the from the net. And he jumps in front of the defender, and he hits it into the back of the net in stoppage time with a minute left, and they go up 4-3, and then the crowd goes crazy. I go crazy. It's just a phenomenal debut for a player into another league. And I love, I love his swagger about him because he does have this swag. He calls himself the Lion. And in his postgame interview, he says, I heard the crowd chanting, we want Zlatan, and I gave them Zlatan. That he's just he's confident in himself. It's it's awesome to see. I I know a lot of people as far as the MLS like the MLS is growing for sure. And I know a lot of people look back and said, "No, you're taking a step back. You took another not a rejected player, but a known name, but who's washed up in the European leagues who had who had to go go to the MLS." But no, nah, this was this was totally opposite of that. Now, usually last call. I'm just going to let you get what you want off your chest or me get off something off my chest. But I want to ask you, is it almost, and I might be completely wrong, but Mm -hmm. I I read this from some people. I mean, you know, on Reddit, you hear what other people are saying. Yeah. And that is where I got kind of this idea. What's this say about the MLS? Is it a, it's good for the popularity of the MLS. Exactly. But does it almost embarrass kind of the, talent that this guy who really kind of fell off in the Premier League come over here and just take over. Well, one of the things, and I, I definitely understand that because it does make the MLS so like, yeah, you got, as far as a uh, European point of view, like, yeah, you guys take our rejects. But Zlatan wanted out. I mean, he tore his ACL last year with United. Well, then they go out and sign Everton striker, former Everton striker, Lukaku. That's your boy from FIFA. My boy. Yeah. Lukaku. <laughs> they signed Lukaku. So he kind of took his spot. I mean, and he came back. He was he was fit. Um, that's another word for healthy in European soccer terms. He's fit. and Which everybody in Europe is fit, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So he's fit and he wants to play. And so you got to look. I do think. Um, I think it was an opportunity for him to come back and feel like a king again, which he will feel like a king. I mean, he went to the biggest, uh, as far as soccer market. Plus, he's living in LA. LA. Yeah, that's not, LA. that's not the worst. That's not the worst deal. Exactly. I mean, he. I mean, you got to think he was he, making. He, he, he didn't was making to, twenty million from Manchester he, United. He didn't come from Europe to like South Carolina. Yeah, or he something. Went, he went to a huge team, huge fan base, and I think he's gonna love it. And I think the Galaxy are gonna love it as fans. I mean, I'm an Atlanta United guy, but I know a couple of years ago there were rumors that Arthur Blank wanted to get Ibrahimovic, and I was all over that. I would have loved that. But we, we're fine with our team as well. But, yeah, that's just something I want to get off my chest. Um, Impressive debut. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. If you guys want to get into soccer, man, you guys got to play FIFA. <laughs> this isn't a FIFA commercial, but I'm telling you, man, I started playing FIFA. I got into it. It's fun to follow. The crowd is excited. I mean, it's the world's most popular sport. Um, the World Cup is later this year. It's going to be fun. All right. So that was our last call of the week. Appreciate that, AJ. 
Now we're going to finish this out. Just wanted to kind of remind everybody, please, we're up and coming. We're, we're just getting started. This is our debut, but we're going to keep this thing rolling out yeah, every we week. We're going to keep it coming, man. Oh, yeah. Every week, um, just let y'all know we're recording. We're trying to publish these things on Thursdays, especially come football season. We're going to try to cover everything going into that, you know, that Thursday night NFL college games as well going through the weekend. Oh yeah. So just be on the lookout. These from now on, these things are supposed to be coming out on Thursdays. So please either, either like us, um, subscribe to us, share us. You can subscribe to us and comment. Either visit our website at www.ballersontap.com. That will take you to our site. All right. You can listen to us there. Comment. You can also follow us on iTunes. Again, go to the podcast. We're Ballers on Tap. AJ, you got our Twitter. Oh, yeah, man. Follow us on Twitter at Ballers on Tap. Man, we're going to keep you updated on latest shows, latest sports news. Um, any big games that we're watching, you can tune in, follow us like follow us live. We'll be tweeting about it. It's gonna be fun. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, and again, this is a, a community thing. We want to hear back from from all of you guys. Please give us some suggestions. Yeah. On what beers to try. We want to have something we've never heard about and we wanna bring it in, let you know how it tastes, what we think <laughs> about it. You might get mad at us because it might be your favorite beer and we might not be wild about it. But we yeah. want to know what you gotta think. So again, iTunes Stitcher, if you got an Android, download the Stitcher app and find us there. Again, Ballers on Tap or the Podbean app. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. You can download that app as well and listen to us. Whatever you follow us on, please subscribe, comment, share us with whoever you know. And um, that's it for our debut. AJ, anything you want to say to our our fans out there? I mean, I'm looking forward to enjoy like doing this and kind of accommodating to y'all but like like evan said like leave us feedback if you want us to talk more about this team yeah we can focus on that or you want to try beer yeah we'll try that beer follow us on twitter at ballers on tap um i'm always checking twitter i'd be i stay on twitter so you can <laughs> so you can believe that i mean a- it's gonna be AJ fun is the twitter master i oh, promise yeah. you uh, yeah I, I like to think i am and this thing's about to get ramping up we're about we're going into the nba playoffs all right then we'll have mlb season and you know we're going to keep this thing going through the summer into the fall football season that's going to be a whole different beast oh yeah okay and nba off season during the summer later part of the summer i love NBA i love free agency always, always I, fun i love free agency always that's fun. what i live for so you guys subscribe comment let us know what you think and uh we'll catch you next week thank you everybody